0: Thanks for listening to Speak L.A., Hollywood's number one resource for actors. I speak L.A., you speak L.A., we all speak L.A. Who wrote this?
1: Hey, Jenski. <laughs>
0: How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yay, I'm good. I'm so, I love John Rosenfeld. I'm so excited oh, to get I to know. talk to him today. He's, he's just, he, you know, he was right. one of my teachers.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. You actually studied with John. I did. I did. And yeah. when he looks at you, it's like he's looking into your soul. <gasps> really? mm mm-hmm. I, God, I should have married him. Yeah. Why didn't I marry him? I don't know. I mean, you oh missed the God. opportunity Hate when that happens. I know so many men I've missed <laughs> out on. Seriously, <laughs> damn it!
0: No, he is he is really loved and revered in this town. He isn't really he? is. By yeah, all actors. he's wonderful. Yeah.
1: Um. So what's going on with you? What have you been doing? Well, you know, I had a very Hollywood moment actually. Oh, I like Hollywood. I, I was at an event. Yes. You know, an LA event. An <laughs> event. Yes. And I got to meet Lionel Richie. Oh. <gasps> I know. Shut up! I, I love Lionel I Richie. Know. I know, oh. and he is the nicest guy. Oh, like it's just like what you uh, want to hear. Oh my God, so sweet, so calm and collected, and just yeah. very you know warm. And I was like, "Can I? Can I take a picture?" And oh, good. Actually, I didn't even ask him. He offered. Oh, which just goes to say it's
0: always that awkward thing. Yeah, like, do you ask like, or not, and I, he just did. And it? I never ask, as yeah. you know. Yeah, like, I don't. Yeah.
1: And so it was really nice when he was like, hey, and I was like, oh, yes, I want to take a picture with Lionel Richie. Like, yeah. Of course, you can't say that to him. Like, I want to take a picture with Lionel Richie. Right. No, he probably doesn't want to be spoken about in third person. (laughs) That's amazing. I know. Yay. Where are you from originally?
2: Los Angeles, but I moved away for 10 years.
1: So how old were you when you moved back to L.A.? Uh,
2: 28, coming, uh, approaching twenty-nine.
1: Did you know anyone in the business when you moved back?
2: Sure. Some of my friends that i come up with uh, were scrapping, just like me. And, oh. you know, family, friends, uh, like parents uh, were part of the industry in some regard.
0: And how much money did you have when you came back?
2: I remember my MBNA bill constantly. <laughs> uh, I believe it was uh, I. I think I had a thousand, but I owed uh fourteen thousand. I remember i owed that was just that was a, paying that down was like my my I was consumed with paying that down
0: <laughs> God, you and so many others yeah um where did you live when you came back from college to l a
2: My mother's
0: you lived at your
1: mother's yes, great
2: it was supposed to be just for uh a month uh-huh and then uh still there a year and a half later.
1: <laughs> and she loved it.
2: She did not.
0: <laughs> um, what was your first job in L.A. acting or otherwise?
2: First job um, was a long time ago. I, I had been doing, I did some theater, but my first television job was a co-star on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I think.
1: If you had to sum up L.A. in one word, what would it be?
2: Opportunity.
0: So yay, we're so excited to be talking to John Rosenfeld today. Yay. Um, thank you so much excited. for being here, yes, John. Thank this you. is amazing. Um, and I'd love to start <coughs> at the beginning, just in terms of you. You started out as an actor, and now you're, a, you know, very respected and popular acting teacher here in LA. So
2: mm-hmm. I'd love to
0: know, like, how kind of how that happened. Like, how long did you act, and then when did you decide to start teaching?
2: Well, I acted. Uh, I went to grad school straight out of college. Where'd you go? Uh, Playmakers Repertory Company, which was part of uh, UNC Chapel Hill. Okay. Um, I applied. I just looked at the rankings of the top five schools, and uh, I applied to there and Yale. Uh, I did not get into Yale. <laughs> uh,
0: They're stupid.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the head of my program was one of the heads of Yale. Okay. So that's why I, uh, I gravitated towards that place. Um, so I started acting full time when I was 21. I was still 21 when I went to, maybe I just turned 22, uh, when I went to graduate school and I just didn't stop. And I did that. I was there for three years and that was an extraordinary experience. Just working, you know, six days a week for 15 hours. And I did that for three years and I got really, um, addicted to working that hard Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah
2: it was very fun to not do college it was very fun Mm -hmm. not to have to spend time on courses that i didn't care about yeah and to be able to dedicate all your, your time to something that actually intrigues you inspires you and makes you curious uh people are rarely that fortunate i mean that's grad grad schools look it's a luxury yeah. You know, I, I
1: yeah, it really is.
2: You know, it, yeah. it really is, and we were also associated with an equity theater. So we actually, I actually got paid to go to grad school.
0: Wow! Which was, I mean,
2: that's the fort. That was the fortunate thing about going there. But anyway, I I kept that up, and uh, I did that for three years, and then I moved to New York, uh, where I I think I'm answering your question. Um, yeah, totally. This I, is perfect. And grad school really taught me how to work that hard. So I actually sustained that work ethic uh-huh. in New York, and. I really hit the streets right when I got there. I think one of the first things I did was I asked people questions, and I went and I got my backstage. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, backstage. <laughs> I love backstage.
2: And an interesting thing, you know, when I went to, when we did our showcase, uh, my teacher, I don't want to mention his name, but um, I had a few offers to sign with agents, mm-hmm. and he uh, told me not to sign with anybody because I had to go back and do our final show, Arcadia. And then uh, when I went back, I called up the agents who wanted to sign me. I said, I'm here. And they're like, uh, we've already signed. Oh, oh God. That's... So that oh, was Oh, no. That's well, an it, you know, it was an oh awful my story. my God. But it was actually one of the best things that ever happened. Why? Because if I would have had an agent, I would have uh, probably been waiting for them to do something for me.
1: Uh-huh. But
2: instead, I, I just kept working. I just was going out. I read backstage. I went on every audition humanly possible. Uh, I did Bad Play. I did Off off Off-Broadway, Off off Off-Broadway, some good, some bad, and then a couple that just happened to go to Off-Broadway. I did Bad Short Film, Bad Film film that went to Sundance. Uh, I just sustained that energy for a really... I mean, it, it was exciting. It's also easy yeah. to be 26 and work that hard. Like New York yeah. is easy when you're 26.
1: Yeah. You, did you have a day job as well? Oh my God,
2: you... I had so many. I was waiting tables. Yeah. I was cater waiting for Calvin Klein. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> oh I God. did everything under the sun. I mean, I that that was the great day, thing about back then is. I remember having no money, but feeling so rich if I, like, waiting tables, having that wad of cash that I could, like, put in my front drawer and, like, I could pay the rent. (laughs) I mean, you felt amazing if, like, you could go out to dinner. It was just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how now that I have a lot more money than I did then, how now you worry more. Yeah, right. Sometimes you worry more when you have more money. You're like, oh, God, we have have more expenses. But um, I did that, and uh, ultimately... You know, obviously, everyone needs to supplement their income to mm-hmm. some extent. But so I did it with weighing tables back then. And then, when I came to L.A., uh, what it allowed me to is I had done that show and I got some good reviews, and uh, I had written up, got written up in some magazine. And I had that film that went to Sundance, and finally, I was able to sign with good people. So I moved out to L.A. And um,
1: was that your plan to move back to L.A. Or no, was that sort of how well, that, well, kind how of how I, you really know what landed? happened
2: was um, I'll never forget I had done a, I. There was a play I was supposed to do and I got cast in a movie. And uh the movie got some additional funding and I was the lead and then they fired me. Oh god. After they got their funding.
0: <laughs> Which by the way, has happened to every single yeah. actor I know in some capacity. Yeah. Oh. Including myself. And when it first happens to you, you think you're the only one that this has ever
2: happened to. But Oh right? yeah. yeah. I, I, I was I was I was pretty I was devastated. Uh yeah. maybe that's an overreach
0: yeah (laughs) i think i also
2: i think i intuitively knew like this wasn't going to be the greatest movie in the world but Uh i had also turned out a play to to do do that movie
0: oh that hurts
2: but um now that i suddenly had an opportunity to sign with people i realized uh new york was i didn't want to be a theater actor for my life i i wanted a wife and a family and not, not that you can't with a doing theater, but I was watching my, some of my friends do regional theater life and I didn't want a regional theater life. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and I also was intrigued by film and TV. You know, I felt like that be having been on sets uh, while I was in New York. I I liked it. I love both, but I, I just felt there was so much more opportunity in LA. And back then there was, um, I mean, there still is.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, but then I came here and you know, while I was auditioning, I had a couple of different jobs that I tra- at one point I substitute taught. Oh, cool. Uh, but eventually, when I I started uh, teaching acting, like coaching, and uh, you're saying, like, how did I come here? How did I get to this place? Um, initially, teaching just became a way to supplement my income, and it was a lot better than waiting tables which i never did in la and it was Mm -hmm. a lot better than i mean it was actually in the area that i'm intrigued by and i also found that when i would coach and teach it would actually just make me a better actor so initially it actually just supported what i was doing
0: yeah and you also found that you were really good at it well that was a thing (laughs) yeah i mean for real that's the big thing
2: so then all of a sudden you know i had uh After a while, you start to, okay, where was I pouring in all my energy? Initially, even while I was teaching acting, uh, I was still pouring my energies into acting, Mm -hmm. not to the teaching of it. But then after a while, when I would have slow times, instead of really pushing myself acting-wise, I would just basically invest all my energies in teaching Mm -hmm. and take on more responsibility and mm-hmm. coach people whenever they'd ask me to. Mm-hmm. And I would be showing up for the actors a lot more than I'd be showing up for myself in my acting career. And then as I just I wasn't even aware of it, but eventually that just became my my habit. Mm-hmm. And it's it's pretty logical that eventually when, when I was when I kind of stepped outside of myself and I I recognized, okay, there's a reason that my teaching career is growing and my acting career is not. Because yeah. I've really only been nourishing one of them.
1: You thing. were feeding it, right? Did you feel – were you starting to feel more fulfilled from teaching? Or was it just sort of a natural thing you were leaning towards?
2: The main thing is I love both. Mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling lacking. The other thing is, you look, when you do enough – ne- Look, I never got to the point um, of, you know – well, yeah, I was on series and all that stuff. Um, I never got to the point where people were breaking down my door. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I never got that. I never made that half a million in a in a year. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, and I also was not a commercial actor. You know, I, I look like I'm gonna, for some reason, I I, I have a difficult time selling a product. <laughs> um, but
0: uh, I would buy a product from so, you. Thank you. Thank you. Totally. Uh,
2: but I did, I, you know, when you think, do, do you like one or the other? I love both. I, I haven't quit acting.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm not
2: currently acting. Like, once an actor, I think you're yeah, always yeah. an actor. It's, I think yeah. I'm going to be Morgan Freeman and come back in, you know, 20 years. Nice. But I do believe uh, that what teaching does, it, it offers me. Look, teaching is just about being really present and, and connected and collaborating and creating. Mm-hmm. You know, and guiding and helping. I mean, it's fully, um, I love being engaged. And it's still, a, it's it's just a stimulating thing to do. So I never, I didn't, I didn't feel a loss. Mm-hmm. I thought I would. And sometimes, like, you know, if you asked me to go do a short film this weekend, I would say, you know, I well, I have a kid. So I might not say <laughs> yes. But, you know, it's still something. It's not, it's not over.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I actually remember when I came because I took class with you and yeah. I very much enjoyed it and think you're amazing. So for all of those well, people you. looking for a class, yeah, this is definitely sure. a place to this come. Is the place. But I remember coming here and I'd been here for three years. I hadn't really committed to a class yet and you had um, you know, an audit and I came in and did a scene with you. And after meeting you, I I think I I was near tears because I was just so desperate. I felt like I was in this desert in L. A. where I, I didn't really have a community. I had come from grad school too, moved to move to L. A., didn't quite know what to do with with how it worked here in terms of the TV and film industry. Came to you, and um, you were sitting exactly in that spot actually, <laughs> and had had a little grin on your face, and and. Um, I was so grateful to the. I, I ended up coming here, and I think one of the things that attracted me most to your studio, one of many, was that you you came from this theater background, mm-hmm. so you spoke this language that I understood. That I think hits a lot of us in the heart. So you you know you you spoke the the actor heart language, but then you also spoke the very practical side of what this industry is like, mm-hmm. and um, I thought. You know, it's a very fine line to walk walk that. And I'm I'm just curious in in terms of when you started your studio, Mm -hmm. you know, what 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 are some of the sort of important facets that you that you bring into the class for your students when you're teaching them? What are the things that you want them, how do you want them to feel when they're in your classroom when you're
2: teaching them? That's a challenging question. Uh, how do I want them to feel?
1: Yeah, or what are you trying to I, I, impart I, to that, my guess is... Well, more than anything,
2: I try to meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. And I think that everybody's need is different. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, um, as you're saying, you came from theater. Yeah. So that... I'm going to need to... I think some actors come in here and... Like, the new, maybe people who are newer are still... It's still... Um, they're still very unclear about what they're about to embark on. Mm-hmm. You know, they have an idea of of what this industry is and what acting is. Um, so they're just really looking for someone to. They're really looking for someone to, kind of indoctrinate them into this mm-hmm. into this world, and, um, and you know, it's so interesting. People who know nothing usually think they know everything. Oh my God. It's because so it, true. that's the way we deal with fear. So we true. deal with fear by like make saying I fully understand. Yeah. Cause it's very, it's scary to go. I have no idea. Yeah. Saying, I don't know. is can be quite terrifying. And someone who's like, you know, won an Oscar and come in here and they're so open to saying, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What can, like, can you help me?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It fac- yeah.
2: It's fascinating. But, um, how do, what am I trying to do? Um, I want to meet them where they're at. I want them to feel seen. That's my main thing. I think that right now it's like I, I'm witnessing you. I'm witnessing where you're at and I'm witnessing what you need. Mm-hmm. That's you know? funny
1: that you say that because that's exactly how I felt. And I didn't know yeah. how to say it. But I think in L.A. it's so easy to not feel seen. Yeah. There's so many actors that you can often feel like you're a little lost in the cracks. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It, And I think what I want them to feel is one thing I want them to feel, feel seen Um Look, I'm, I am a nice human being. Like I, there's no, you know, the, you hear these stories about teachers who rip into actors and I will rip into you, mm-hmm. but I will rip into you in a loving way. Mm-hmm. I'll be very direct and blunt. I'll never say something to injure you.
0: Mm-hmm. If
2: you're injured, that's on you because I'm only saying something to help you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right.
1: Right. That's true. Yeah.
2: But I'm looking at just what people need and really I've been doing this every day for 25 years since college and I was acting in college and before that but people are measuring or gauging their success in three three month increments and that's insane Mm -hmm. you know 90% of this career is showing up whether you want to or not
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and too many actors are are listening to their voice that says you know I don't need to do it today or I don't need to show up today We start to listen to these voices of all the obstacles. We start to actually Mm. – we listen to all the voices of – that are dissuading us from what we want um, or encouraging us to stop. And that's also what I got to – I kind of have to will you past your bullshit. Mm -hmm. I have to – let's untangle everything and figure out like why are you you in the situation you're in right now? You know, Mm -hmm. not that it's a bad situation. Maybe it's a great situation. But let's demystify this moment in time. So, I think now to answer your question, like when you're coming in here, first of all, I want to just see where you're at, but I also want you to, for yourself, to demystify what's happening in your lives. Because if you're just living in this chaos of, I don't know why this is happening, then of course you're going to be stuck. So, a lot of what we're, our, my job is to get you unstuck.
0: I love that. You know, I, John, I think I said to you a couple years ago, actually at my house when you guys were just over socially, but that like there's something very intense about John when he listens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like almost intimidating, you know. And um, but it, I remember saying, <laughs> he just put on his glasses that and stared at me intimidatingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think that's what makes a great acting teacher. I also think that's what makes a great actor. You know, I, I sometimes I meet people in life that's that say they're actors and they don't listen. And I think, I wonder how good of an actor you are yeah. because we all know that, you know, a big part of acting is listening. Um, but I, if you don't mind, I want to go back to something you said like 10 minutes ago, cause I really thought it was so um, interesting, which is you said when you were in your twenties and you were in New York, you shied away a little bit from being a theater actor because you knew you wanted a wife and you knew you wanted a family. I think that's really, really interesting. Cause I think, so many actors either don't know that about themselves or feel like they, they can't have that. Like, you know, you sort of feel like you have to sell your whole soul to this business sometimes, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think L.A. is oh, a place, God. too, where, and New York City, actually, where I've also lived, where we, there's there's not shame, but almost like we, we sort of feel like we can't say, I want it all. You know, I want a life, I want a fit. And I know John's family. is a beautiful family. And, like, did you, were you... Did, were you with? I don't think you didn't. Did you know Gabby at the time? No. no. So you, even before you had the person in your life that has become the person in your life, you knew that was what you wanted, and you knew that's the direction you wanted to move in. Like, like kind of a real life, basically. Or I, real life's the wrong word because you still have a real life if you don't have a family. But um, a traditional life in terms of wife and kids.
2: I think to be successful. In anything, you have to have some vision for what you want for yourself. Uh huh. You know, and you know, sometimes it's even okay to be delusional.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: But I, I mean, I'm a lot. I, I'm entitled. I want a wife. I want a kid. I <laughs> want like family. Like you got to have a life. And looking at, uh, I was just looking at how everyone was in New York. I saw a lot of people being out. Oh, there weren't not that they were okay with it, but they had uh, habituated themselves to like, okay, we're gonna live the actors like we're going to live month to month like that's yeah. and, and I will have a kid and I'll live in a, in a small studio yeah. I'll live in old, you know I'll, I'll move all the way to I'll move all the way deep in Brooklyn there's nothing wrong with that I actually um I'm so appreciative and and actually uh I admired all my friends who stayed there yeah and 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 went through that um actually it's interesting one friend who just made his life in regional theater and I always used him as an example of as someone who stayed at it and I'm proud and he just quit Mm. and he moved to Pittsburgh to have a family.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And uh, so that was interesting. But I think, um, yeah, I, I, I want you to have a, uh, you shouldn't feel ashamed. You, you shouldn't put your life on hold. Like Mm -hmm. I, 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 my clients, especially like my clients who like decided to have children, even when they're in process of, they, they come back, after the child, stronger and even mm-hmm. more driven and more certain of what they want, mm-hmm. you have to take a bet on yourself. Yeah, you know. And yeah. I think not that having a family is a gamble, but it's saying it's it's having faith that you will provide.
0: Yeah, it's it is scary though for some actors. I think especially for women because we think like, oh, you're gonna get fat and then we're gonna be out of it for nine months and I know. you can Yeah. So I, I it is it, it it's a certain gamble in a way, or it feels like it.
1: But it goes back to a little bit of it what you just game. said where it's like, take it's the, not the one the, month, the two month, the three months. Right? It's, you know, if you're in this career, you're in it.
2: Uh, but also, I'd rather you be a happy human being than yeah. a, 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 <laughs> For sure. Right. You know, we say like cultivate the constitution of a happy working actor. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Sometimes I have to say to people, I'd rather you be happy right now than book a job. Mm. So let's figure out a way for that to happen because how are you walking into the room? Are you walking into the room as a fulfilled human being, or are you walking into the room you know, desperate to have a job? If your if your well being is determined by you booking a job or not, you're you're pretty fucked.
1: Yeah. I love that. So, so how do you deal with that in terms of you know, a new actor coming here or even actors that have been working with you for a while, I think that's something that actors are always up against is their head and their mind running in terms of the expectations they have of themselves. So what are some, you know, what are some ways in which you can counteract those voices in your head that are saying you don't have the career yet, you're not there yet. You know, I haven't booked. Basically, the voices. All my that, friends are booking. All my friends are booking. Everybody's working, and I'm not. The voices that measure yourself worth with the job.
2: Well, then you need to quit the career, and I don't mean quit acting. You need to quit your. You need to quit your relationship with that career, and now get back and t- and then yeah, and start dating a new one.
1: Yeah, oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that too. <laughs> what a great image.
2: Yeah, like okay, I quit that relationship. Let's start a new one with <laughs> yeah. it. Let's do like a re- let's, let's, yeah. let's have a new ceremony.
1: Hello, my name <laughs> is Carol. Yeah, to Meet you again. Uh, <laughs> I love it.
2: You have to love acting unconditionally. Right. You really do. Uh, and that's what I was going to say. This is my career was going really well mm-hmm. when I stopped when I was not expecting anything from it. That's when I was booking a lot of jobs, and that's when I like uh, was was actually made enough money acting to not have a day job Mm -hmm. was when I was, uh, it just felt like lottery money. Mm -hmm. And then my career started going downhill when I started worrying about losing it. When I had nothing to lose, I was fearless Mm -hmm. when I had every, when I had something to lose, even though it was imaginary, then I stopped, um, having as much faith. I all of a sudden became a, a hoarder. Yeah. And then I just that's when I started investing more in time and teaching because I was like, okay, I just I I I gotta support yeah, yeah. myself. And it's fascinating because the I just changed my relationship to acting mm-hmm. when I actually started doing okay. You know? And every time it's interesting, every time I got a job and I would like be recurring on something, like when I The first episode, I'd be really good. And by the second, I was just worried that I was going to get fired. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Um, I know But I think changing your relationship with the industry, if you can love it unconditionally, if you cannot need anything back, it'll really help. Because then the second you start expecting, it creates this cycle. You're constantly looking around saying, like, where's the reward? Where's mm-hmm. the reward for all the, en- the all all of the energies? When you look at it where everyone, some people are working out six times a week, you know, and with obviously, no, they're just doing it out of pure faith mm-hmm. or they're playing video games all day. Mm-hmm. There's all these things. Sometimes I have to give an actor pers- uh, perspective by just asking them about one thing that they're spending a lot of time on and they'll say, well, I play, you know, soccer four times a week or I'm playing basketball and I'll say, but how many times are you acting? And they'll say like once a week and, and just look at it from with some subjectivity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know? Yeah. Um, They have, they need new perspective. Yeah. What if you actually invested in your process in that way? Like you actually, and I know that's challenging. I get it because you're sitting there going, well, I don't have time to do that. Um, but if you look, if I think some actors treat acting like it's a malady, Mm. you know, they're like, I'm an actor (laughs) and you know what that means. (laughs) I'm constantly depressed.
0: (laughs) Um, I'm
2: out of work. Things aren't going very well. Um, and we need to change that. And the other thing is, is when we talk about the energy we're carrying around about our career, all the people who I came up with, many of the people who are now my dear friends, uh, they're doing really well. And I think um the only thing they've done is they've constantly showed up and I've witnessed all their ups and downs. I've witnessed the roller coaster, like your husband. Like all the, he came up with such a great core. Oh
0: thank right.
2: You. And they're mm-hmm. they're doing well. But that is these are all and all of them have had so many downs mm-hmm. and so many ups. For sure. We have this irrational expectation that it's this constant
0: high high. Yeah, and that's it's that's true.
2: And That's what you what start to realize, things. the ups aren't real, the downs aren't real, they're real that they go together. And the new people, the problem is they don't have enough data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because they don't have any data, they're judging things in those small increments. And so what I'm trying to give them access to is all these people that, you know, I've been around so that you can see, look, yeah. they, they've they experienced this part and there's, there, is a, there is another phase yeah. as long as you actually keep loving it. Yeah. But the problem is, sometimes we're not loving it, and we still expect it to love us back.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, it's really. I'm like thinking. I'm in my head now, thinking of. But that was actually when I remember when I came to you, you re-taught me how to love acting because I was feeling very down in the dumps at that point. And I I remember that about your class. I remember sitting in your class and being like, Camille, just be open again. Like, see how you can... You know, because I had been doing it, like you were saying, where you're doing it all day long and every day, and then I was sort of thrown into L.A., very confused with all these expectations.
2: Well, and also you went to grad school, and they lead you to believe that because you have a master's in acting, that it has now suddenly made you ready.
1: Exactly, Mm -hmm. which I think is the hugest fallacy ever. (laughs) And I wish... And, you know, I think about it all the time. I tell everybody this. I say... When you come to l a join a class mm-hmm. and I say there's certain classes that you should look at. yours is one of them because mm-hmm. I say you want to get into that community mm-hmm. of people where that mindset is being taught, where you're learning about the data essentially mm-hmm. that you don't have until you're in l a yeah,
2: well, the other challenging thing for the young actor and i and the, but this also happens from people that I get from like who just on Broadway or wherever they are is that. And this is where I got thrown to the wolves, is that just because I could do Chekhov and Shakespeare <laughs> did not mean that I could do the two-page comedy set. Right. And so that is also what made me be a teacher was that I really struggled out here um, with certain material. And people don't realize, some don't realize, I can't speak for all, and I certainly didn't. I could just speak for myself. I didn't know how to negotiate and navigate every genre, whether it's a multi-cam or a single cam or a one-hour drama, what network is on, who wrote it, what – You know, every show is standing yeah. on the shoulders of another show. Every writer is standing on the shoulders of another writer. Everyone's yeah. informed by something. And there's all this data. But when you're new, you're looking at a page thinking this could be anything. Yeah. And it really can't. There's so much – information on the page that we just don't see and it's really cha- it's it's hard for a human being to think I just spent my parents just spent $250,000 <laughs> $250, at USC yeah, and exactly. I now I don't how can I not understand the scene or yeah. I how did I just get cast as the lead in this play and I'm having a difficult time with the scene yeah. because it is what it is yeah you know and it happens it happens in here every day
0: yeah um that's
2: and the problem is yeah. but, but the issue becomes And this is what really, when we talk about, I really want to say this, I'm inspired to say this to young actors, is you need to become best friends with your acting problems. Sometimes we we feel shame with those walls that we run into rather than getting excited by the obstacle. You know, you have to like write all of your habits on your refrigerator. You know, you just, this is, and that's the one thing I think for me, I have very little patience in life for many things, lines. Uh, I don't like lines or anything I really have to wait for. But for some reason, I've always had a oh, lot of... like a of
0: line big. in a store yeah. where you have to... Right. Um, oh, my God, you and, you and my husband. Yeah,
2: no, I can't. Why? It's <laughs> so funny. Uh, like Amazon is amazing <laughs> too, It's
0: really good you guys aren't married to each other because you'd never like be to. able to purchase anything. No.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> That's really funny.
2: But I've always had a lot of patience with acting. I always figured uh, if I couldn't figure something out, I would eventually if I just kept doing it, you know? I love that. But I think a lot of actors get really frustrated and dissuaded. Why not now? Why not now? Because it's just what it is.
0: You you are where you are. Yeah. You said they should make best friends with their problems. Mm -hmm. I love that. And write them on the refrigerator. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, problems like...
2: Like, um...
0: What are some examples of...
2: In your acting, what are your defaults? Uh, Right. Like, I'm... I don't go moment to moment. Um, uh-huh. You know, I'm burning my steps. Um, I tend to push. Uh-huh. Um, gotcha. I'm indicating. I'm, I'm my breathing. Because if you just, I think we, th- we think of our acting problems as, uh, I don't know, like some type of ailment. And uh-huh. we're supposed that we should be keeping a secret. <laughs> and there's, everyone's got something. Every actor, the main thing about acting is your acting problems never go away. What does happen is you adjust out of them within milliseconds the more evolved you get, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, they'll always, like, seep back in for a moment. You know, I I never talked to Meryl Streep. I would love to. If you can get her. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah, I would yeah. love to. But I'm sure she could list what she's had to work on. Yeah. You know? And right. we don't, That that's, but as a professional actor, that's our job is to become experts in ourselves. So when I'd also say, you know, We could talk about methodology and all that. But I want to say also to the young actors, um, look, we are storytellers. You are storytellers. Um, You as a human being need to know what story you're telling as you. Like When you walk into a room, what story are you telling? Are you you aware of how people are receiving you? Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, we have a lot of working actors here. And a common denominator, commonality of the people who are working is they can come into a room and just connect with me. Mm-hmm. Right? And connect to them. And they're connected to themselves. They're connected to their experiences. They're connected to the environment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, acting to me, all methodology is, is it's really just a trick to get you to be moment to moment. And I believe in all of them, all the, all the tools, they're, they're all worthwhile. You know, I, I think that no two people are built alike. So we have to find the tools that work for you. But at the end of the day, acting is really just about empathy. How can I put my feet into the shoes of another human being? But the problem is, you have to be able to know what shoes you're standing in before you can step in someone else's. Mm-hmm. And I think too often, we're in, with new people. There's people are unclear on the way they're thinking, so that is a challenge, and that's something I certainly encourage people to do.
0: Or they're too young. Maybe they just haven't figured it out yet. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: But I think. But that's what. To. That's what they need to do. They need to, to figure do.
0: that out. Yeah. I I love so much what you just said about. Uh, like, not hiding your problem? Because, like, I think, I I suddenly thought, and, you know, acting teachers a lot of times use, uh, like, people that play sports as an analogy. So, like, you think of a gymnast, like, of course, they'd be like, "Oh, I always like you know my left ankle does this weird thing when I sure. do you know." And you, they wouldn't be like, "Don't look at my left no. ankle," you know. They'd they'd like work on their left ankle or a whatever. golfer, a golfer. I'm slicing. Exactly. It's happening again. Yeah. I, I don't know anything
2: about. Golf, I don't either. <laughs> I don't know anything about it's gymnastics, gymnastics like
0: obviously. Right.
2: <laughs> why? Yeah. Why are we making it this personal? Yeah, thing? it's so. It's not a. Smart. It's, it's not I a love defect. That. Right. It's just – it is where it's we're at. It's the thing
1: that we – that's amazing. Well, for me, I always wanted it to go away right away. Yeah. And I think what I love about your style of teaching and, and this place is that there's so much room for life here. Like you are in this – you're constantly in process. And I feel like that's a huge part of what, what you're what, – what I felt like I took away was that, yeah, yeah I have this habit. Because I, I remember when I came, like, you know, coming from the theater – I felt like I had to, like, move a lot and do right. all that stuff. And I remember saying to you, I was like, well, John, like, how do I – like, I just – I don't know. I, I just – how do I get smaller but but all that stuff is still there? And you just, like, looked at me and you were like, Camille, it's, it's happening. Like, you just have to keep showing yeah. up. You have to keep working on it. You have to keep looking at moment to moment. And I – I feel like I, you know, I think about what you said all the time because you assimilate things in different parts of your life. You know, you pick up a script later in your life, and you're like, "Oh my God, now I'm understanding that lesson." Um, but what and I that's l- the truth, yeah, right. And that's and the that's thing. The, and the
2: problem is that when we're young, we're I mean for me I remember there were so many things that, that I thought I understood. I was yeah, like, I "Oh, know. I get it." And then yeah. a few years later you're like, "Oh, now I get it."
1: <laughs> <laughs> now I get it. Right. I thought it I got me it all I the get time. It. Right. Yeah. But I lo- but I think it's important to remember because I think time is a huge thing Just- that worries people. Yeah. Time. Like at- I gotta get this. I gotta get it now. I've been here for a year. Where's that co-star? Like, or or it's supposed to look this way. I'm supposed to get that co-star, and then I'm supposed to move up in that way. And it, I don't. It rarely happens in the way that we think it's. But that happen.
2: speaks to like what's your fundamental belief? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when that's where I say, you know, I said you should be delusional, but all I mean is, look, obviously acting is, it's a crazy career. It's a career where you're, if you're. You're investing so much time and energy, especially if you're investing in rehearsal or whatever it is or yeah. making your own films yeah. with no promises.
1: Yeah.
2: At least if you become a lawyer, you, you go to law school, you get your job. You know, there's, you, there's a there's – a, my sister's a doctor. She has income coming in. Right.
1: <laughs> right. Um,
2: <laughs> but what you have to ask yourself, what is your fundamental belief? Do you believe you're going to be okay? Do you believe that you will make it work? And that. if you fundamentally, if your core belief is that you'll be okay, the career may not look like you were you thought it would, but if you actually do just follow the current
0: mm-hmm.
2: and trust that you will respond truthfully, honestly, to whatever happens, you know, life is going to take you in a direction and you're, there's going to be some choices along the way. But with that core belief that you'll be okay, you might find your you, you might find your path. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, people want promises of their path. They want to mm-hmm. know their path ahead of time, mm-hmm. and that's just not life.
0: Right. I love that. Me too. Um, you are so wise. Thank you so much for talking to us. That was so fast. Um, I know. We, I know. I Believe more. me, we could sit here for three hours. but but, but before we. Before we let you go, we want to ask you um, if you can share with us, because a lot of people listening uh, don't live in L.A. or don't live in L.A. yet, perhaps. Um, So we like to help them understand what is L.A. So something that you have found, we call it an L.A.ism, something that's unique to L.A. or something you've noticed that's very
1: L.A. Like a saying.
2: Anything. Anything. Like Have you read The Power of Now? <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: very
1: L.A.? That is very
2: L.A.
1: Don't move to L.A. unless you've read that book. Yeah. yeah. Just kidding. The Power of Now is very...
0: Now. It's a big book in L.A. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You better be able to talk about it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but you should definitely... I don't know if you have ever read it, but to read it. The... the, the uh, the book. The, no, the audio. Oh, the, oh audio
1: the,
0: book. Audio. <laughs> the audio. It's
2: very challenging. Very challenging.
0: Yes. To, oh, really? T- why? Why? Just t- Just do it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Very, yeah. I'd read it. Read it.
0: Oh, oh, read, oh it. read it. Listen don't listen to it. Yeah, got, got it. it. Okay, okay. Got it. <laughs> John, thank
1: you. Thank you. This is wonderful. Um, Thanks so much for listening to Speak LA, the podcast. We know you have big actor dreams and we really want to help you. For more insider tips on the LA film and TV industry, go to ispeakla.com and subscribe today. And of course, look for us at all the regular places, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you next time.